0: Welcome to the Alive and Kicking Podcast. I'm your host, Kay Eck, and this is where we talk to ordinary people about their extraordinary lives. Before we begin today's podcast, I want to let you know that my guest today talks explicitly about childhood sexual trauma, sexuality, and drug use. And while I feel it's important to have these conversations, that does not mean that this conversation is for everybody. So please use your best judgment. Many thanks and blessings. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. I am so delighted to be with you here in 2021. We took a little break in January and we're back full force. And I'm so excited that uh, my guest today is Bee, the Conscious Rapper. Hi, B.
1: What up? How you doing?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that we could finally make this work because you've been on my... Uh, potential guest list for many months and we just haven't been able to connect and um, yeah yeah, one of the reasons is that I wanted to have you is um, I've been following you for a while on Facebook and everything that you write and talk about really resonates as truth with me and Mm -hmm. um, I think it's really important that um, people understand or know that the spiritual path doesn't have to look like one thing you don't have to necessarily like clean up your act in order to be spiritual you don't have to become somebody other than who you are in fact that's like the opposite of what we're going for
1: yeah definitely that's that's basically been my divine mission is to like break the stereotypes of like spirituality and all the love and light that we try to gravitate towards in the beginning of our awakening which is necessary for us to find the information out about that's you know out there but then we hold that frequency of love and light and hold us to this perfectionist you know type of energy and divine we want to be divine but forget to be human and like yeah I've been on this path to like really integrate my humanness and and accept so many parts of myself that I thought that I was supposed to discard but actually were supposed to be integrated and loved and then accepted and uh, it's been a beautiful journey i know that
0: <laughs> yeah i i that when you said the word perfectionism um that there's something that came through to me earlier because you know sometimes i think people think that they have to be perfect in order to be to even get on the spiritual path and it's like yeah
2: yeah
1: totally yeah. they look at they look the thing is in this what the spiritual community is like you you jump into the community and you realize there's a whole bunch of people awakening and then you see all these people who are well into their mission you could call it or you know in their awakening and you you think i'm not there and i'm not nothing like them and how am i supposed to get from point a to point b you can't see that and then you hold yourself to the standard for like your first couple years of just like i'm supposed to be better than i am and then you finally come to this realization that um wait I'm perfect right now. That I couldn't change anything about me in this moment that make me any better. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then that's where your real awakening starts to occur within you. Um, yeah. You know, you have many awakenings on this journey.
0: Well, I can't <laughs> wait to kind of uh, find out how you hopped onto this path, but I don't want to like go right there. I want to hear a little bit about how you uh, how your childhood was. Like what. Yeah. What were you yeah. like as a child and what was your childhood like?
1: Okay, um, yeah, so uh, I grew up here in Indiana, um, southern Indiana. Um, I was born in 83, um, so i 80s baby, you know, early 80s baby. And uh, my parents, um, both, my dad was in a band and the band was like in the basement. He had a whole set up stage. I mean, I'm talking everything you could ever have to create music. And they had parties there every weekend, Saturday, Sunday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Sunday during the day, all day. And it was like a bar. And I was just raised in an environment that was pure toxicity constantly. And I was had the reins to do kind of like whatever I want as a kid and didn't have much supervision. Mm -hmm. And not that they weren't good parents. My parents were actually really good parents. Um, My dad was an amazing dad. He gave me all the love I could ever need. Me and my mother had a lot of trauma starting whenever the divorce happened whenever I was 12. But prior to that, I just remember her being asleep a lot and my dad being the one that was a functioning addict. Mm
2: -hmm. But
1: a lot of my trauma didn't come from my parents' abusive ways. They were really actually very good to me. It was my trauma stem from when I was four years old and I met these little um, friends of mine that lived behind me and I started to have sexual intercourse by six. So, six years old, I was having sex, like penetration sex. We were reenacting our uh, parents' pornos. And I really got in deep watching my parents' videos. I have a lot of guilt and shame behind, you know, watching my parents do that. I could cry right now about it.
2: Right. Um,
1: and I have a lot of uh, just my, 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 all of my major trauma stems from sexual trauma and my father's narcissistic power struggle with me as a child like he would tell me he was god i'm god you listen to me type energy right yeah, and uh, um but most of my stuff started from the sexual trauma so I was having sex at that early of an age doing something that felt so good but was so wrong has been something that i've been struggling with since i was young to enjoy having a sexual experience without feeling guilt and shame and on top of that i started having sex with men about 10 I think 10 years old I started having sex with boys and I thoroughly enjoyed it I am not attracted to men like at all not one bit I look at a man and he does not excite me when I look at him it's just weird and then on the flip end of it I could have sexual intercourse with a man and be the feminine energy and man is it ever so goddamn intense and amazing like, I and I have to. I've been going through, I'm legit right now, 37 years old, in the process of accepting this part of myself. Yeah, yeah I am mean, you know, I've been talking about it for like the last year and a half online, but I just came out like a year and a half ago that I think I'm bi ish. I don't like to call myself bisexual because I can't, you can't label me or stick me in a label box because I won't date men, but I will sleep with them. And my future wife will know that. Like, she, whoever I get with, she's going to know that sorry, there's some things that's in me that cannot be satisfied by a woman and we're going to go, if you don't allow me to have that, then I can't do that. This is like somewhere I've gone deep within me to find out. But all my stuff stems from that, from my sexual traumas as a child. My divorce happened when I was 12. I blamed myself for it. I don't know why, but I did. And then me and my mom fell out in an argument. She couldn't handle me much anymore when I was living with her after the divorce and she kicked me out at 12 years old and I didn't speak to her until I was 20. Whoa. So from um, t- from 12 to 20 and me and my mother had no talk, she started to come in to make her amends and I was just angry. Mom really didn't, mom wanted me to come back after two weeks after she kicked me out. I said, no, I'm done with you. You, you didn't want me, you didn't want me in your life. You hated me you couldn't handle me, you can handle Neil, you want Neil in your life, my brother, but you don't want me in your life, I, and I, I was anger. I know this stemmed from past lives of constant, you could feel, like, I can feel the past lives of anger and aggression towards mom, and I can tell you right now, I love my mom, by the way, like, for, I love her, I love all the pain that she's went through for me, and, um, I'm working my ass off the heel for her, and, Make these millions that I'm chasing, I'm not chasing, manifesting. Um, you know, you can feel the energy in me. But yeah, um, my childhood was.
0: Was part of your anger towards your mother that she, <clears throat> excuse me, wasn't able to, um, th- that sh- there just wasn't any supervision that you had gone a path that wasn't good for you and might not have happened my- had she been paying attention?
1: Yes, exactly, Uh, because when I had my inner child surface on November 8th of 2016, um, I curled up in a ball and I was screaming, I feel dirty, I feel dirty, I want my mommy, where is my mommy, why isn't my mommy here, why isn't my mommy helping me, I said that over and over again for a solid 30 minutes while I went through the most massive purge I've ever released in my entire existence. Uh, And then I ended up in the mental hospital on November 11th of 2016. Um, I've been through a pretty, I went through a, I call it a shock awakening. Uh, Spirit was like, B, you can handle this. And we're going to put you through an intense, rigorous, dimensional shift like that. And you're going to like handle it. And I'll explain that in a minute. But yeah, um, it was, it's been an intense, intense healing since 2012. And that's when my major awakening happened. Not major awakening. My major awakening happened in 2016. My initial like gravitation back to light started in 2012. I know I got ahead of myself.
0: Um, So um, what was your your school experience or where did you find respite during that tumultuous childhood?
1: um, My grandparents' house. My grandparents' house, my grandparents were my safe haven. They were, they're my guardian angels, if you want to call them that. They're still here with me today. I felt them come in as soon as I mentioned them. Um They were like two angels placed on the planet to be everywhere. And every time I needed to feel safe or okay or feel real love, true love, unconditional love, Gaia is all I can think about when I think of my grandma. Hmm. Gaia has to be like my grandma because my grandma's energy was the most loving of purest form of motherly grandma like energy that you could ever feel even though she was very blocked and cut off from showing that love because of the way she was brought up but she's still you know you could feel it from her Um, but yeah so then school um, I was like I was good at sports and stuff in school and um, but in school, I always felt like I didn't fit in. I was like, I everybody knew me and I was part of the kind of like in crowd, but I didn't feel like I fit in the in crowd. And this was a common theme throughout my entire life. Everywhere I went, I went to Alcoholics Anonymous and tried to find myself in 2012 and quit everything cold turkey and go sober. And I still felt like this alien in a room of people that told me that I was supposed to feel like I belong. And if they, if if I didn't feel like I belong, I just wasn't doing the work enough. And I was like, there's something more to all this than you guys are telling me. And I had to dive deeper. It wasn't, I could, I didn't find myself as this addict or alcoholic where a lot, a lot of people find themselves at, which is a beautiful place to be. And that's a place to go for recovery and help yourself. But I needed deeper energies. And at that place I found, um, Lakota way, the Dakota, Native American. Uh, people call it the Sioux tribe, but I don't call it that because that means snake in the grass. That's the Waxichu, uh version of our name. And our name's really Lakota, Dakota, Nakota. It's like the dialect what we speak. But that was one of my past lives I was tapping into. I had no idea back yeah. then. But yeah, um, I don't know if I'm ahead of myself. but or- Yeah,
0: I, I saw a post um, that you that somebody that you posted about sweat lodge and um, how, what, what was that? How did you fall into that? Or how did you move into that? Were led into it.
1: This is where my life changed. This is where the evolution of spirituality began in my life in 2012. Like I said, when you look, when, now that I know about the shift and how the major shift happened. So in 1983, I think it was 82. The major shift began the nanosecond started to speed up time started to speed up as we know it manifestation that's what you call it would speed up right we were literally it would take a hundred years back um you know ago for a hundred years of change to happen it's like a day a hundred years of change happens now you know so the nanosecond was speeding up and by 2012 like the mayans predicted Like, people thought that end times were coming. It was the end of the old paradigm and actually the release of all star seeds and light worker empaths, whatever, from their dark energies. So, since 2012, we have been off the timeline of um, what you call, you know, darkness winning, darkness like taking us down. Everybody's always talking about entities and darkness. What we're releasing now is just the patterns humanity's been stuck in. Like, they're gone. This That timeline's going on elsewhere from, you know, 2012. We're on the upper timeline where everything is shifting. And so I realized that 2012 is when I got sober. My whole life changed. I started to go to the Native American stuff. So that's whenever I, now that I'm further in my ascension, I realized I was tapping into an old past life that I, whenever I was a Lakota, uh, I believe I was a woman medicine man. I don't remember. It's just the energy I feel from that. Life feels very feminine. And I learned from chief Matthew black Eagle man and chief Michael Vargas. Um, I met these two men randomly at sweat lodges that I got guided to from a friend of mine from Alcoholics Anonymous. And then I befriended them, asked them if I could come stay the night at their houses and spend time with them. I would go to Matt's house once a month. I became his fire keeper, which I don't like calling myself a fire keeper because I don't keep the fire, but I tend it. But I was a Lakota firekeeper for chief and she, uh, Matt became chief while I was tending his fire while I was working with him. Um, Matt or Michael Vargas deemed in chief and uh, Michael works with um, some of the Lakota and Dakota elders out there in the uh, West or South Dakota and North Dakota. And so I started doing these sweat lodges and these are like hardcore ceremonies to just, like healing ceremonies to purge out energies that no longer serve you have you not been one or heard of one before
0: oh i've heard of them many times and i know people who are intimately connected with them but i've never experienced it because i'm too much chicken
1: <laughs> it's don't be a chicken it's so amazing oh, it's i like a,
0: barely survive the sauna
1: yeah if you can't survive a sauna you might want it but because uh, <laughs> it's like they get you really hot in there to burn off the energies inside your system um then I started going to you ceremonies. And then I started going to Lawambi ceremonies. And these are like ceremonies where legit a medicine man can bring spirits into the room physically. They will touch you. They, you will know it's a spirit. It won't. It's, it's, it's crazy. My human mind could not conceive this or understand it at the time. I still had, I was like completely agnostic. I was at these spiritual ceremonies because I thought these people are crazy or I'm lost, and I would rather me be on the I'm lost side and something cool come out of this. Right. So I stayed with that mindset always. I was very scientific. You ain't gonna, you ain't gonna, nothing's gonna come up in my vision unless I'm not gonna tell somebody I believe something unless I believe it from experience. And then I started having experiences. You know, I started seeing spirit lights with Chief while we'd be talking. They look like little blinky stars, like right near front of your face. And then I went on vision, or I went to Sundance 2016. That's where my massive awakening happened. Um, Sundance 2016. So I've been doing this for four years, working with uh, the Lakota elders. They've been teaching me everything there is to teach. Robo helped me, taught me everything there was about the fire. God rest your soul, buddy. And I had this experience. I was awake for like three or four days at Sundance and I could not sleep and I didn't know why. It was because of the energies at Sundance. You know what Sundance is?
0: Um, not the film festival I'm, you're talking about. Oh, right. Sundance is,
1: okay. <laughs> Sundance is a ceremony where men and women fast for four days and four nights. They do not eat or drink anything. They dance out in a place specifically in one spot. They kind of just like move their feet while they dance, while the drumming's going for seven times a day for about two hours at a time or about an hour and a half at a time. And they're suffering for us. They suffer for the planet and it's a sacred circle. And we kill this tree sacredly and a Buffalo sacredly, put the Buffalo heart into the ground, the tree on top of it and bring the tree back to life with the Buffalo nation and the energy from our old ancestors. And then that tree becomes this conduit for Gaia, like a antenna for God. This is where I had my massive awakening. Like I, God touched me, Gaia touched me. It's, you can't describe it in human words. So what happened was I was awake for like three days. I had this breakdown in a lodge because one of the elders snapped on me for talking during a sweat lodge. And I'm so freaked out, right? Come out of the lodge and this elder was out there. He goes, what do you know of unity consciousness and duality consciousness? I said, I don't know. This was like, I was awake till three o'clock He walked up to relieve me from the fire, started talking to me. This is when I had my massive awakening. He asked me, what do you know of unity and duality consciousness? I said, I don't know. He goes, unity consciousness is when you have a one hemisphere brain and you know that you are God, you source in a body, a fractal of it, experiencing yourself all over existence. Duality consciousness is when you have a two hemisphere brain and your right and left hemisphere are separate from each other and you believe that you're separate from humanity. And just him saying that to me, made my crown chakra pop open. It felt like I took a hit of some kind of hallucinogen immediately. And my whole head started tingling and my body started tingling like I was on a drug. And I said, what's going on with me, man? I feel like I'm on a drug. Like I started giggling, laughing, crying. I rolled around the ground um, hysterically. Directly after that, I felt like I was on what you call an acid, you know, an acid trip um, for three months. When I came back to my home, I couldn't recognize the world. Like my home didn't look the same. The street didn't. I didn't recognize it. The the city. I didn't recognize it. It all looked vivid and way brighter and like um, like um like I was in a video game or something. Wow. And and during the experience while I was there, I heard two spirits go. Walk past me, and when they walked past me, they sounded like frequencies going through my ears. It sounded like, boo, boo. and I was like, Chief, was there two spirits in that sweat logic? He goes, How'd you know? I was like, I heard him. He goes, Oh man, your gifts are opening. I was like, Yeah, I get it. I could um, feel trees, I could feel their energy, I could feel them like communicating with me. I, um, I could astral project and be somewhere else and not like no I was there and people be like dude you were there with us what are you talking about and I'm like no I was not like I wasn't with you guys where you're saying I was at and they were like you were helping us you were there I'm like dude I was asleep here at the tree like I was projecting myself in different dimensions different crazy shit I don't remember much but all I know is that when I came home dark nights of the soul creeped up on me about a quicker than you could ever imagine My ego manifested spiritually. I went home and told everybody I was an alien in human form. I was from another planet. We all need to wake up. My grandparents, everybody. I wouldn't shove about it. Everybody was like, "Brian's insane. He's crazy. We need to help him." And like they stuck me in a mental hospital. Like I said, after my massive awakening, Um, I ended up cheating on my wife with her best friend, Um, October thirty first of.
0: 2016 so let's let's go back to the hospital for a second because i think that you know we we have you know just like this podcast highlights is that Mm. every path is so unique and i haven't heard a lot of them as extreme as yours and um i do you consider it to be extreme based on what you've heard and seen and
1: known. Yeah, so that's why I call it a shock awakening because let me just say that like, and I'm not trying to sound arrogant. I know what light I'm about to carry on the planet. I plan on manifesting millions of dollars in this lifetime. I plan on, you know, helping millions and inspiring as millions of people as I can with my music and career. And I know that I have to carry that much darkness to, to be able to like, you know, walk this, Journey and hold because in duality in this world, you have to be able to to experience this amount of light, you have to experience that same amount of darkness. It's kind of like a building with a foundation, the foundation has to be just as deep as it does, has to be the the building tall. Um, other people have had awakenings that are gradual and they just kind of like learn about stuff, and then other people have had stuff like me, you know, yeah, but I I understand my path
2: though 100%.
0: Do you feel like at that time the hospital was the right? Place for you, because I feel yeah, like it's possible that the hospital is filled with people who are having openings so, like things like.
1: So, was it the right place for me at the time? Yes. Was it helpful? None. Mm. They meted me up and they wouldn't talk to me, and I was lost mentally. Well, I can tell you exactly what happened to me. My ego would sell me a lie, and I would get wise to the lie within a minute. So what the lie would be, would be something I truly believe. Like the lie would be like, Jesus is real, Brian. And I'd be like, I'm not saying that he is or isn't. I'm just saying it would tell me that. And I'd be like, okay, Jesus is I need to go tell my daughter. Jesus is real. God is real. Oh my God. And I'd go tell my daughter about it. Two minutes later, I'd realize that that wasn't real. And then I'd maybe think Jesus isn't real. And then I'd go to a whole nother shift in belief system. But I was actually shifting dimensions out of what I call the third dimensional consciousness into the fourth where I was going to start going through my dark nights. And I was having this massive like breakout where I was starting to really get wise. And it's crazy because I got on meds for an entire month and everything I went through, I, I, I see myself as everything I go through is to show others how to not do it or um, you know, like, pretty much how to not do it, you know, like, that's, that's all I can say, like, I, I, I was alone for two years on my awakening, like, I didn't meet a single soul like me, even my Native American elders shunned me and told me, bye, Bryant. they were like, bye, you're not, you're crazy now, you're, you're doing too much, you won't even be quiet, and they're right, I wasn't listening to nobody at the time, I was, I wouldn't, you know, but I, as I see it, the teachers appeared when I needed them, and they were, they were gone when I didn't need them no more. So it was time for me to find D by myself. Mm. And that's when I entered dark night. I by myself. My ex-wife left me immediately, you know, um,
0: How did you I, end up married between the hospital and the divorce. How'd you end up married?
1: I was married. The hospital actually happened after the marriage, mm. um, as, as the marriage ended, I'm sorry. Um, I, the marriage started in, when I was 25. Um, We met. I consider her. I hate talking about twin flames and I don't believe in that stuff like everybody else does. So I'm going to clarify for me. I call a twin flame any human being that could be your mirror, that could be you, that could be my friends, that could be my dad or anybody. And then I think a soulmate, somebody who's a really harmonious relationship and they love you unconditionally and treat you awesome. And I believe her to be like a true twin flame to what I just said, that version. We're not ever supposed to be together. And we never were meant to be together, even though I'm still having like old energies come up where I have to deal with that stuff. But, um, man, she was the biggest mirror and lesson of my life. You know, like I hated her. Go ahead. Can
0: you explain what you mean by mirror? Because I think that's a really important concept for um, people. So mirroring and projecting
1: is how I found myself. Mirroring and projecting is how I figured out who I was or who I was becoming in that moment. So right now, if I look at you and I think you're this, this, or this, really, it's me that is this, this, or this. Okay. And and so I would tell her, I hate you. I hate you so much. And like, really, I would be saying to her, I hate me. I hate me so much. You're my mirror. You're just showing me what I hate about myself. It doesn't mean that the person that's being your mirror isn't doing what you think they're doing to you, but they're just showing you something within you that you have to heal on a deeper level. And for you to heal that, you have to love them because they are you. They're just showing you this mirror effect. Every human is a mirror. Even your soulmate's going to be a mirror. They're just going to be a little more harmonious than like a karmic connection that you like end up going. Like, I think a twin flame is somebody who you have this immediate romantic connection with and you just want them and you just rush it.
0: Yeah. And it's like, you're like, and, and it
1: gets tight and then it goes crazy sometimes. <laughs> you know what I mean? And um, that's meant that instant connection and that rush connection is. Because souls don't like to wait to level up. We love to just move quickly through ascension. And relationships are how we do it, you know? Um, But the mirroring aspect and projecting. So if I say to you, you're doing this, 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 and this to me. Really, I'm projecting this is what I'm doing to you. And I'm in an illusion right now and cannot see my projections of my own reality. I've got people that are really mean to me on my Facebook. And I always see right through it. I'm like, they're projecting their reality onto me. I don't have to take this serious and I need to send them love. An aware being doesn't take that type of stuff personal. So it's so um, crucial for us to step into learning about projecting and mirroring, projection and mirroring so yeah. that we can see ourselves for who we are too.
0: Yeah, and you it's know. always of course more useful to pay attention to how you're projecting as opposed to how everybody else is projecting on you. Yes,
1: uh, if you pay, yeah, if you pay attention For others, projections is always when someone's being like, coming at you crazy, you know what I'm saying? And if they tell you something about yourself and you get angry and get defensive, then you might want to check it because your ego is actually trying to defend yourself and keep you safe. And maybe that's something you need to learn.
0: Yeah, damn Um, it. I hate that. I hate when that happens.
1: (laughs) So many layers to this stuff. Um, But the awareness is there, you know. So um, you
0: you did something radical to um, send your wife packing.
1: Yes, very much so. Um, i like to speak about that because so many of us men are the perpetrators and downright dicks in this life. You know what I mean? A lot of us are. And we are healing out here. Um, You know, I cheated on her. I physically abused her and I mentally abused her. She had her own rights and shit she did to me, but that's no motherfucking, that doesn't make up for that stuff. But I own it and I know that I'm going to change I'll never be like that to another divine feminine as long as I live, because I lost one of the most amazing divine feminines on the planet that walks the earth. You know, I still think that she is one of the most, I'll hold her high, you know, until the day she dies and she should know that. Um, So, yeah, I like to speak about that because us men need to own our shit, um, let it go and evolve, you know, that's where we're at with all this stuff. And so I did that to her.
0: Do you, do you other, before you go on? Do you see that happening? Are you witnessing yeah, the evolution? All of of are.
1: Yeah, all. It, it, to, uh, to be honest, your question with the energy behind you asking that is um, is a is a true question. The divine feminines need to hear from us men is that yes, man. Most um, I was the most narcissistic of abusive of downright dirty rotten human you could ever meet, and I changed. If I can change. Humanity can change. People, everyone will change. It, I'm, I, I, I give that to the world. I know that. Um, I look at people who are they like old versions of me, and I'm like, I hope for you, because all, all you need to do is lose some couple good things for yourself, and you're gonna realize who you really are. And I and, and the heart, you know, the baddest part, the worst part about it is that the Creator uses amazing, divine feminines like yourself sometimes to teach us. Masculines, hard lessons i know we contracted that stuff but divine feminines will be pretty good you know people for the most part to a man and then we will lose you from our own mistakes and then spend our whole lives trying to fight to get you back dang near wishing you were the one but that is enough to change a man to be honest so like i i always tell women from your ex he misses you, he wishes he didn't mess up, like, <laughs> I don't care what he says, he can pretend all he wants that he doesn't care, but we always know, like, we always know whenever we,
2: go ahead, though, what you're saying.
0: I, what, what I've wit- been witnessing is um, <clears throat> men walking, like, right now, in particular, walking right into the fire that they set, they're, they're, they're like at the point of awakening where they need to like destroy something. They're going to destroy their family. They're going to destroy their, their spouse. They're going to destroy their home, their job Mm -hmm. or whatever. I see a lot of that occurring right now.
1: That's actually, that's, that's part of it. Um, It's like the awakening of the world. The world is about to go through dark nights of the soul and to, to, to an unaware eye, it's going to look like the world is crumbling and shit is happening. And just like what you said with the Divine Masculines right now, it seems like they're about to take down everything around them until for them to, you know, finally have to change or something to can go um, to a shift in their lives. And unfortunately, sometimes that's what happens with us. You know what I mean? Humanity. Yeah.
0: Do you believe that? Well, first, I just want to say that, you know, it's obvious from your experience that these awakenings or these shifts and changes can occur rapidly fully and like without any notice yes it can also it can also take a long time or you know there's no there's no timetable for it
2: no there isn't
0: so go on after the after the the relationship blew up
1: okay so after the relationship blew up is whenever my like real healing work began um I had not worked for 10 years. I was a designer up until I was 22 years old. Lost that job through drugs and stuff like that. And I was really hardcore on drugs, by the way, the whole time. Pills, Xanaxes, Lortab's, all kinds of crazy stuff. I was just addicted. And the Xanax is what made me go do the cheating and the crazy stuff. Like, not made me, aided. I own that stuff, by the way. Um, So, I... Got um, out of the mental hospital. I was on medication for a month and could not find a doctor to fill my prescription if I, the world depended on me. So I told Spirit, you know, you must not want me on this stuff. And I thought I was bipolar, PTSD, and borderline schizophrenic. And I popped out of that immediately. Realized I was a starseed, Pleiadian. I forgot. They like dumbed me down for that month spirit put me through that so that I would know that wasn't my path that I, you know, I couldn't even think I had ADHD the whole time when I was on the medication. I could, I tried to go on a job and work and I walked out after five minutes because I couldn't focus on cutting tomatoes. Um, so really hard, um, traumatic couple years, to be honest. Um, I put it in a nutshell, I'll tell you the big events. Um, August of 2017, I wrecked my truck. Uh, I had a dream about it three nights before. I told my mom about the dream and told her I was afraid I was about to go to jail, which was a pretty cool thing from spirit to give to my mom because now she doesn't think her son's so crazy when he went to jail three days later. (laughs) So I I I wrecked my car, fall asleep at the wheel, hit a parked car. Nobody's injured. I go to jail. I get out it's the last time I ever take a pill for the rest of my life. Like I haven't, I've been sober since. So I've been sober since 2017 from any kind of pharmaceutical um, or anything like that. I never had an alcohol problem or anything like that. The alcohol and the weed that I do now, I'll explain, because you were talking about how our ascensions are so different and things, I'll explain that in a minute.
2: Yeah. Um
1: But yeah, so next thing that happened to me was You know, I'm trying to get my ex back for the entire time. I think she's my twin flame. Anywho, I also was doing some illegal activity, the way I was making my money. And I got robbed by my two best friends. They kicked my door in, put guns in my face, me and my daughter's face at 11 o'clock at night and got me for all my money and everything I had. And that is what shifted me into becoming, doing my online work. I, I was not going to work a nine-to-five job because I was never going to do that again. I, this wasn't going to work no more because of what happened. And I went to a real dark night of the soul for about two months over that. Like, I PTSD, always afraid of the window, or the door, thinking, like, constantly scared. It had to be from a past life. I can feel it, like, the crazy stuff I went through in trauma. Um, what else happened, man? I had so much happen in this crazy awakening. Um, I don't mind saying this um, my sexual explorations I could not stop having sex um, when I started awakening and I left my ex I would sleep with anybody that would give me the time or day I did not care it was man or woman like I would just get with anybody I, I contracted herpes like a year and a half ago over that and um, realized it was a chakra major imbalance inside myself um, I continue to go through suffering with that because I'm releasing all this sexual trauma constantly, constantly. And I'm, st- like I said, like I'm about 95% in there accepting my sexuality now. But I just now went through a major transformation two weeks ago over that, just being like, oh, God, accept this part of me. You know, like this is like, all right to be like this. And so it's been, um, and so people online see me freak out all the time, right? My Facebook page is not used to be huge. I used to have so many people that were with me. And when I started to go into my authentic self and just telling people when I was low, when I was high, how I was thinking, what I was really going through and really what I was, I started just losing people by the wayside. Everybody kind of darted out my live sessions only have 20 to 25 people on them now when they used to have a hundred. And it's just because I've stepped in such an authentic me now that like it really makes people uncomfortable when I speak about me and because they're not ready to meet themselves at that level yet. So they bounce out. And um, I've been struggling with that lately, just like feeling like I'm losing people left and right for just being myself. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. But, um, it, I think it's also possible that, um, you know, it might be partly that and partly that um, I feel like, algorithms do not they're like oh, intentionally terrible. they're intentionally uh building oh, the sh- they're shielding the light because it's i, know, uh, I can time. tell you that right now. yeah yeah it's definitely the
1: shielding of um they've, they've started censoring us or something because it's, it's definitely uh, like everybody's even ralph smart of infinite waters diving deep said i used to get millions of views and now i get 20 and thirty thousand like some things up here yeah. this is not right.
0: Yeah, pretty much across the board. I hear everybody talking about that, so I wouldn't take it too personally.
1: <laughs> I don't. That's inner child work, to be all the way honest. When I didn't yeah. feel seen, in my parents, um, because my brother was so good at sports, uh, my brother was like identical to my dad when it came to sports, and like so, they just like held him all high up there, and I didn't feel seen. But, but yeah. I don't know that I'm doing right that.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, um, what would you say that? Um, you had to sacrifice to get on the spiritual path. And what have the gifts been?
1: The sacrifice that I had to make to get on the spiritual path was to me was losing my whole family, my whole, my, my family, my real, my, my, my dad, my mom, my brother, my, my wife that I had. Um, My kid was the only one that kind of journeyed with me along the path. But it, all my friends, every friend that I ran with back then, gone. Like they're, you know, I, I, they're not on my frequency, which doesn't mean that I'm better than them. They just we just don't. It's like two opposing magnets more around each other. It just isn't the right frequency anymore. So yeah, the, the sacrifice was like my whole life, you know, my old life, the friendships I knew, everything that I had built, all the belief systems that I structured myself around football enjoying football which I don't even enjoy that was what everyone else enjoyed I had to learn that like pretty much everything that I had built for myself and who I thought I was was just this like oh I like that person and what they have I'm gonna take that and make it a part of me oh I'm gonna take that and make it a part of me and I had to like go through letting go of everybody so that I could realize who I was Uh, I was alone I was alone for three years like by myself by myself
2: yeah
0: Do you, do you think that that process of like cherry picking, you know, aspects to be is common to everybody? Do we all do that?
1: Yeah, I feel like that we do, but I don't think that that's any, uh, an aspect, I don't think it's a bad thing if we are unique with it. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you see somebody who's wearing a hat a certain way. Well, would you have known to wear your hat that way if they wouldn't have showed you? No. But, you know you putting it on and doing it that way doesn't make you like them. You're not kind of, you're not them. You make it your own, but there is a certain level I think where you do make something your own because you have to conform to the reality around you where like everybody's watching football around me. So for me to fit in, I'm going to become a football fan, even though I really could care less about football. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it's whenever you do that, when you pick something up, just because you think it's cool or it's going to make you a better person adding something onto yourself that you really didn't need. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. I would say that that would be whenever you start to, I, I think we all, need.
0: I think that idea of, um, you know, the matching and mismatching frequencies is really tough. It's really tough because, um, you can keep your frequency low in order to stay with somebody, whether it's a partner or even a friend, but that's like but that's a separate torture like that's a different torture it it you feel like you're dying
1: yeah i i know what you mean like i watched it i can't remember who it was but he said there's like like on energy vampire level he's like there's an inherent energy vampire then there's like a i don't know which it was a purposeful energy vampire or something he's like he's like friends and family that are sad and low and they're in lower vibrations constantly bickering whatever they're doing and you know they're not gonna change. We put ourselves around those people because we're compassionate to them. We don't mind to give them a little bit of our energy because we love them. But then there's people who like steal our energy from us by being dick, you know, and all that stuff. And those are the people that we need to stay away from. So yeah, like being around somebody like my mom, who's, she's really always negative and pessimistic. I love her. I still go be around her and hang out, even though we're not on the same frequency. Um, when I say frequency I kind of mean like I can't be myself around these people is what I mean yeah. like I can't go be, I can't go to talk to my dad and start talking about my awakening or my music or anything about myself because if I do that he's gonna freak on me and start disagreeing with me or anything you know so that's what I yeah. mean by um it, and, and frequency isn't linear like or not I don't know if linear is the right word but you know we could be me and you could be hanging out and everything's fine until we speak about religion and then we're off the same frequency you know like so anyways
0: I guess what I was trying to say is that um you know that we we tend to like want to cling to people that we know and love because it's familiar and it's safe when it's not really anything personal it's just like the frequencies aren't a match and you can't stay together like you said it's kind of like the magnets it's
1: Yeah, I left love for everybody that's ever fell away. It's just it's not the same.
2: We aren't aren't the same, you know?
0: Yeah, tell us a little bit about um, how you got into music and what you're doing with your music right now.
2: Yeah, heck yeah.
1: So whenever I was younger, you know, I started rapping when I was like 13, 14 years old from all the inspiration from Snoop and, you know, um, Dre. And then Eminem started coming out early on. And I just got inspired and was freestyle rapping everywhere I went. But to be quite honest, from, you know, 14 to 33 years old, I was just this freestyle rapper who would talk about, I I would always tell everybody, I got nothing to rap about. Like I sit on the couch and I smoke herb and I watch TV all day. Like, why would I, I'm not one of those rappers that's going to talk about like a bunch of stuff that I'm not living. So I had no content to rap about and then I had my spiritual awakening in 2016. Right after my spiritual awakening, I had realized that the music you listen to programs your mind, subliminal messages are in there all over the place. And there's a lot of rappers and artists that are being exploited because they like to talk about pills, degrade women or violence. And so they'll give them millions of dollars so they go talk about that and rap about that stuff. They don't know they're doing it. They're not like sold their soul to the devil, but they're being exploited by whoever, you know, that runs the country to keep us in these lower frequencies. So I realized early on, B, how, or what, what it was, was I seen a, a Ralph Smart video and was like, create infinite abundance for yourself. You're prosperous. You can have anything you want in this reality. And I was like, what's going to get me that? I can be an artist. That's what I can do. Cause that's my gift. I was like, I can make millions off that and help everybody. At first I thought it was this egotistical dream you know, trying to be a rapper. And then I was driving one night on a full moon and I burst out in tears crying because I realized how many people, not only will I awaken through, like the seeds I planted early on, whenever I do blow up in this music, but all the people I can help with that money, like all the homeless people I can help and animals that I can help and make shelters and things like that. And so I started to get excited about my career, started writing music. I had six songs wrote by, 2018, and then I started recording in 2019. But my premise behind my music is I'm a conscious artist that does not rap about pills. I do not rap about women in a degrading way. You'll never hear me rap about women in my music unless I'm talking about a woman I love or something like that. And I'm never going to call her, you know, a bitch or a hoe or this or that like all these rappers do. So many people don't listen to rap music solely for that reason. And like I want to change their minds on rap music, and um, I put. Reiki in all my rap. Light language is definitely in my hip-hop music just because my voice is speaking light language as I rap. Um, so it's just awakening in itself. So um, I...
0: You know, it's but, funny because I can... When you speak, I feel your your voice in my solar plexus and my, and my heart. It's like... It's like... <laughs> I feel like I've got a speaker <laughs> in my chest. It's funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, I... <laughs> You know, I wonder if you've heard that um, the music of the past was recorded at a frequency of distortion.
1: Yeah, my music's in 432. It's not in 440. Yeah, I don't know if you know that. I didn't mention that. Um, No,
0: you didn't. 440
1: 440 hearts is what they do it to distort our minds right now. And I have my uh, producer recording everything in mine in 432.
0: Okay. Um, Yeah, because I feel like it's, you're it's it's probably you know the timing is so amazing that you're like hitting your peak right when this technology is available and it's really gonna change the world it's really gonna change the world
1: it's so much fun I'm dropping a new album like basically as we speak I'm finishing the recording tomorrow and I'll be putting it on um, all the all the sites everywhere it'll be
2: out by three days I think Yeah. I'm so
0: excited. I really, uh, I really like it. I really like your music and I'm, I'm happy to hear you getting launched into the world. It's awesome. So I just want to check and see like, okay, so would, would this be an okay time to switch to our lightning round? Yeah. Okay.
2: You're good. Sure.
0: Okay. All right. I have one more question I want to ask you first. When, when did you know that you would have to be public with your path? in this way? Like, how did you, how did that happen?
1: I am everything I've been through, how public I am with it all. Yeah. um, That was an intuitive thing that began happening. It, I, okay. So I got on a live video one day and I started crying my eyes out. I got real with everybody, you know, I was tired of, I was on, I would do, I was doing live videos for about a year and I was being all love and light. And I wasn't showing anybody, any of my darkness, nothing. Like you didn't know I was going through hell at all. And I got on there and I said, I'm done pretending, everything's okay. I'm done trying to portray myself as this person that I'm not, I just, I let loose. And it just intuitively came out of me that spirit. So, so many people got out, like there was a whole bunch of people on that live. A hell of a lot of people got a lot out of it and said that like, B, thank you for letting me know that you're hurting because now I don't feel so alone. And I said, and spirit said to me, B, you know, how some people are meant to be the light and show people where to go, you're meant to like be that Leonidas who's down in there kind of like fighting with them and leading the way as best you can for your people. Like, you know, and I I took that to heart. I said, all right, I'll be a all day. Like I'll fight down here with them. I don't, I don't gotta be out of my shadow work just to help people. I can be in the shadow work and show people how to shadow work. So that was like my my ultimate mission online what you see me doing now and my music is all about shadow. work. Like I don't even put too much, um, exposure. um, What was it? What do you call it? Exposure. Um, I don't try to like expose the alien stuff and talk about that in my music. I just talk about how we're healing and waking up, you know, in the shadow work and aspects
2: of our,
0: and all your like your audience is super engaged with it, and it, it that makes me really happy that you know there's this place for people who um you know who are drawn to you to to be yeah, <laughs> B. yeah definitely yeah be with B. All right, so <laughs> um, all right, here we go. Number one, did you have a hero growing up?
1: Uh, my grandpa. My grandpa was like my hero. He's a, it was just a really, he had like 16 people's bond from his life, you know? So we had a big family mm. and the way he, every time I'm around him, and the way he carried himself and how he was in the war, he didn't, he was a medic in the war and how he was a designer and just, I became a designer too, like my grandpa. And uh, just, he was just my hero, man. He's, uh, he's who I looked up to. I didn't care too much about sports heroes or any kind of uh, artist or anything like that. I wasn't into music until I started getting a little older, stuff like that. But it was my grandpa.
0: That's lovely. Um, if you could learn a new skill, what would it be?
1: If I could learn a new skill, what would it be? Uh, rollerblading, like... I can rollerblade, but I want to be able to rollerblade, like, you know, like, do the,
2: Fancy.
1: like, yeah, I want to be able to, like, I really want to be able to uh, go in a skate park and, like, clown on, on like, and yeah. get down. <laughs>
0: that's awesome. I yeah. bet it will happen. Um, yes. I kind of wish I could sing, but I don't know if that's really a skill. Is that skill or a talent?
1: No, I think that's a, you could, I think that's a spark, but have you ever seen the soul? Have you seen the new new movie, new movie Soul yet?
0: No, because I haven't wanted to subscribe to Disney, but I'm gonna have to.
1: So you just buy it somewhere else or something, or like have somebody do the movie. Okay. Anyways, yeah, it's a Spark. It's like your, it's like something that makes you like if if you like singing and it makes you feel good. By the way, as an artist who didn't think I could sing and thought I had a really terrible voice, when you put your m- voice on a microphone and then somebody throws a little bit of uh, their plugins on it. You sound magical, no matter who you are. So, yes, sing, <laughs> sing away, man. Start okay. singing. <laughs>
0: yeah. Okay. Do you consider yourself to be romantic?
1: Oh, just a little, yeah. I'm. I'm more. I'm more feminine than I am masculine. That's Though nice. I am, like I said, I feel like I embody like a masculine, you know. But I'm such a romantic. I feel sorry for my divine feminine when I meet her. been I've like been bottling up all this romance that i've been wanting to give <laughs> to humans trying to, trying not to go be like promiscuous and stuff and like i'm not even talking about sexually just i'm gonna shower her and like gifts every day she's gonna be annoyed it's going bad
0: <laughs> okay which element best represents you uh
1: water uh water what water represents me the best water is my um I will cut right through your ass. Not just playing. <laughs> uh, no water because um, I flow so easily through life. Um, you know, you may look at me and say he's going crazy, and he looks like he's insane right now. And I'll tell you, no, I'm flowing. Um, I'm wow. feeling all my emotions. I'm wow. feeling everything I'm supposed to feel, and then I let go of it really quickly. Everybody's like. Somebody will go low and be sad for five days. I'll go low be sad for two hours and feel the shit out of it. You'll see me freak out online and think I'm having the worst day ever. I'm flowing through and feeling my emotions and releasing them. I tell people you can purge in a high vibrational way or you can purge lower vibrationally. Lower vibrationally is when you judge your purge. I don't want to feel this way. I don't want to go through this. I don't want this to happen to me. Why am I here? Why is this happening to me again? Instead of just feeling it and then what can I learn from this? yeah you know that's high vibration so I flow through all that stuff really easily is my opinion
0: well I guess that's why you heard the message that you could handle that kind of awakening because I don't think anybody else would consider that like a go with the flow life
1: (laughs) yeah yeah they, they sure wouldn't um they sure wouldn't but yeah for me it's it's like I my intuition and my flow is just so I can just like feel into everything that's happening. If it's low vibrational or high vibrational, I know where I need to go. I know there's many times that a lot of people run from the lower vibrational frequencies and I was kind of meant to chase them and discard them. Like, instead of like, you know, everybody wants to run from and suppress their darkness. I'm sitting there looking at childhood photos trying to bring darkness up. Where's it at? Where are you hidden at? I need to know where my shadow is, you know? And um, I've been doing that for four years now. And like, I'm really coming out of it though. That's my, my, my album is called Metamorphosis. There's a nice, awesome butterfly on the um, cover. And I feel like it's perfect for me because I'm there. I'm in my chrysalis just about to break out. Like I'm already a butterfly. I'm ready to be free, but I'm just like kind of in there, you know? Yeah. And um, a lot of people will be like, B, you're not healed yet. You're still kind of going crazy online. I'm like, yes, I am. I'm healed because I don't judge myself when I get low no more. So I don't suffer when I go low, I just go low. I'm sad like a human's supposed to feel. And then I go right back to being myself. And that proved to me that I no longer am what people call unhealed because I've stopped the suffering. The suffering is not suffering comes from like, I believe suffering comes from desire and time, but you know, that's a whole nother story. (laughs)
0: <laughs> i i really appreciate that you say that because i think that that really gives people permission to um to really dive into the to the dark stuff that they have rather than just thinking like it's not supposed to be there you know yeah
1: that's that's the part of you um if i can that's in, in one of my songs i said it i said i the, i start the verse out i'll spit it so everything, everything in me I used to love is everything that, I or everything in me, everything in me I came to love is everything that I used to hate. But lately, since I've been making moves, people judging every fucking move I make. I'm done with the hate and I'm waking my soul. Do what I want, I don't do what I'm told. Love my darkness and healing my trauma. My ent- these entities creep and I'm throwing a bow. <laughs> but yeah, like uh, the, oh, yeah. I love my music because it speaks my truth so well. Uh, yeah. My music is so raw and real. I don't rap about nothing. Like, there's one, line I put in a song because of a woman that isn't one of my real and it was I said I said driving in an NSX or something a car that I've never rode in and don't have
2: hmm. that's
1: the only time I've ever okay. told a woman <laughs>
0: we're, we're forewarned thank you for that
1: yeah
0: uh, how do you feel about large crowds
1: I'm fine with them I've always been good with them I don't see how I could be an artist who wants to be in front of thousands without being all right with that.
0: That's yeah. where I
1: thrive. That's where my energy um, I'm everybody's always been the opposite of me. People go to crowds and freak out and they get social anxiety. I start to thrive and get excited and try to be the life of the party.
0: Even I'm though kind of you, like, you probably are you're quite an empath as well. So that
1: Yeah, I'm an empath, but I've always been very guarded. I don't know how. Um. I've just always been good at like I can pick up on everyone's emotions but i think since i was a child i was really good at somehow being i was just always all right with crowds mm. let me think i i don't know spirit put me in a bunch of awkward positions where i had to be in crowds a lot um yeah. to be honest you know as a child i had to just evolve and be okay with it <laughs> and um
2: yeah
0: yeah that's yeah. really interesting Okay, do you, my final question for today, do you invent words?
1: I invent words, oh, all the time. Um, But they're just nicknames usually. I don't like invent like words, like per se, to like use in life, but I make nicknames up for people and their nicknames evolve through time. My cat's name's Half Squat. Then he became Mr. Bubs. Then he became like, uh, he has specialities and he has bub abilities, but don't mistake his. Specialities for his abilities because they're not the same. Um, <laughs> like I, I come up with all kinds of different silly stuff, you know. Like, yeah, I definitely yeah. am a you know, when
2: it comes to words.
0: Like. I've noticed <laughs> in myself that I cannot stop naming other people's dogs when I. <laughs> When I see them like out walking, I'll be like, "Hey, Mister Jenks," or like whatever, you know. Like I just have yeah. to name their dogs, and it's always a better yeah. name than they have for their yeah. dog, you know. I know because I'm like connecting with the spirit of the dog. Like obviously, you're you're Priscilla. You're like, it's so yeah.
1: We have this thing where every time we see animals out, that like we all start going,
0: "Oh, oh,
2: oh!"
1: And we all like and the, and the owners always look at us like, <laughs> "Like what is going on right now?" <laughs> we, we oh, that's by. funny. Animals are my uh, most favorite thing on the planet. My cat, quick story, I was crying on the porch two years ago when I first moved in my house. So when I first moved out and got on my own. And he came up, of rubbing up on my legs. It's like 3.30 in the morning. And then he did not leave my porch for 11 days. I was not going to feed him because cats come back when you feed them. And he did not leave my porch, so I finally let him in my house. and He's still here to this day. He came and found me. Yeah. like it was the coolest story it's pretty awesome though
0: yeah yeah all right so did you bring a question for me today
1: uh i wanted to ask you about um is there anything that divine feminines like any any kind of advice you can give us divine masculines just for how to better aid in your guys's healing process um we suck at like knowing how to hold space for you guys so like what like if if um, if you're in a bad place and you're sad and you're like wounded and feeling down how can a man be there for you without trying to help you or fix you like like what what's like what do you guys expect like what would you ask of us
0: yeah um i feel like this might be something so um personal because yeah. It depends on what you've, what you've had and how that wasn't working for you and what you... Like a friendship,
1: not a relationship, like a friendship. Like if you're yeah. my friend and you're, and you're down and you're low, how can a man come at you without being disrespectful and like be there for you?
0: I will like, tell you that the number one thing that I would appreciate is curiosity. Okay. Like... Period curiosity like get curious about going
1: me going on with you and like yeah. how, like, and, like ask questions and stuff yeah. from, like, and like, not just be like
0: mouth. like you know deer in the headlight like, and- as, a, as a man
1: i didn't clarify i guess what i meant like as a man um women have really scared the shit out of us men to yeah. be your friend or even be there for you because you guys make us think that like you think that if we're talking to you that's about romance because so many men are like that on the planet right you know they try okay. to talk to you so like a lot of my friends are low or something on Facebook, but I don't want to hop in their inbox or write them when they're low and think that I'm trying to like come in and stay with them when they're sad or come at them romantically or anything. So it's like, what kind of energy can we bring to you guys to not make you guys think that anything different than that? You know what I mean? I like, think,
0: yeah. I think that's actually really coming up in the collective because we've been so irresponsible with our sexual energy. Yes. Energy and women and i i i have seen in myself that um if i want if i have like the impulse to reach out to someone a man usually Mm -hmm. i don't do it right away i check to make sure that you know i'm like fully embodied in my energy that i'm being responsible for my energy yeah Um, your
2: intention
0: yeah and so and I, I noticed that's like sometimes the initial reaction, it's, it's not like it, it is a little bit, you know, grabby or whatever you want to call it. So mm-hmm. I think like being responsible for your energy is going to be critical. And I think that we're starting to understand that a lot better now.
1: Yeah, now that you say that, Spirit said to me in my head, they were like, you can feel someone's energy when they write you what their intention is behind it, just by what they say and things like that, you know, whether they're
2: yeah. being
1: nice or they're whatever. Yeah, yeah. makes sense.
0: Yeah, so. Yeah,
1: cause it seems like there's a big struggle between the masculine and feminine communicating on the planet. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, it's and.
0: Growing pains, it's just growing pains. Oh, it is, know?
1: totally. It's part of it, I know it is, you know.
0: And I, like- I try, I try to take every, every opportunity that I can to tell men and in the collective, that myself and many women I know love men. Like I want to see men prosper, and I want to see them come into themselves, and I want them to release the programming that they've been enslaved to. Also, you know, mm-hmm. I, I see them as um, equal partners in this process, and I'm really supportive of of that. Yeah, so. yeah.
1: that's epic. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, I've just uh, that's that's one thing that I still struggle with is trying to. I guess, create that dialogue between women and men to like get us healing between each other and not doing it in such an angry, hateful way. I guess yeah. you could say
0: like, you know be, what I mean? Be responsible. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. All right. So, um, that's it for today. I want to thank you so much for being here. I hope that you had a good time and I hope our mm-hmm. listeners can benefit from this and we'll, your music, all how to reach you and how to, um, Sample your work. It'll all be in the notes. So,
1: yeah. All right. Appreciate it. Thank you so Have much, guys. Have
0: a Kate.
2: great day. You
0: too. Later. <laughs> Bye. Bye.